British Columbia is world-renowned for its natural beauty, diverse communities, and thriving culture. It's also known for being in the grips of a housing affordability crisis decades in the making, which has been compounded by a poison drug crisis and by the COVID-19 pandemic. The province has an ambitious plan to address the crisis through the largest investment in housing affordability in BC's history. Tasked with building tens of thousands of homes in hundreds of communities is BC Housing, the province's agency responsible for developing, managing, and administering a wide range of subsidized housing and homelessness services across the province. BC Housing doesn't do this alone. To address the challenge, they're working with hundreds of partners. In this podcast, you'll get to hear from those delivering innovative and exciting affordable housing solutions. I'm Sarah from BC Housing, and this is Let's Talk Housing. For today's episode, I'm pleased to be joined by a dedicated group of people committed to the well-being of Indigenous peoples living in Vancouver's downtown east side. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that we are recording this entire podcast on the ancestral homelands of hundreds of Indigenous peoples and nations across British Columbia, each with their own unique traditions and history. Today, I am on the ancestral and unceded homelands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations who have been the caretakers of these lands for thousands of years. We offer respect to their peoples, past and present. Also, full transparency, this episode is being recorded in October 2021 and reflects the issues at that time. Today on Let's Talk Housing, we are being joined by Will Valenciano, Senior Manager, Coordinated Access and Assessment at BC Housing. Will's team works with the nonprofit partners that operate supportive housing, which is housing for people who can benefit from 24-7 services including people at risk of or experiencing homelessness. Rory Mark is Program Manager with the Urban Indigenous Health and Healing Cooperative. She oversees a unique mobile outreach program that visits several supportive housing sites, primarily in Vancouver's downtown east side. The program partners Indigenous elders with health professionals to provide physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual care. And grounding out our panel is Kevin Eaton, new channel from a House It Nation. Kevin is Director of Supportive Housing with the Luma Native Housing Society, which operates supportive housing and shelter sites in Vancouver. I'd like to start the conversation really by setting the context for a discussion today. Will, can you share with our listeners what is supportive housing and why is it so necessary in our communities? Yes, and uh, thanks for having me, Sarah. Uh, really, the most basic definition of supportive housing, it's subsidized social housing, but with the added supports. Um, instead of you know somebody paying their rent, uh, usually it's four twenty five when they pay through social social assistance and having a room. That room will have added support there in the building. Typically, BC Housing will contract with nonprofit housing providers to staff and operate the building. And minimum, there's two twenty four seven staff throughout the day, and these are support workers who help the tenants live independently. Usually there's more staff during the day when there's uh, managers and other programs that come to the building, but the idea is to have that support embedded in the building. And why is it needed? Typically, tenants who live in supportive housing have challenges maintaining stable housing due to various life circumstances, such as mental health, physical health issues, uh, addiction issues, and also there's systemic power imbalances like poverty, racism, and colonialism. 
So really what supportive housing is trying to achieve is to create a community of caring with tenants. And so they can access practical supports, you know, such as uh, meal security, uh, addictions and mental health connections, and also with income and job uh, supports. You know, people will help uh, do their resume, they'll help uh, look for jobs. And also important to note that supportive housing happens in various types of housing. So we've got single room occupancy hotels, uh, known as SROs. Uh, we've got the new modular housing units. Uh, we've got hotels and there's also purpose-built buildings uh, for supportive housing sites. So really there's you know a variety of places, but really the, the crux of it is to, to create those human connections by creating community, by treating people with respect and dignity Supportive housing providers help foster that uh, within the site. That was a really useful introduction. And, and Kevin, I'm really glad we have you here because, of course, Luma operates this type of supportive housing in our community. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the work that Luma does and in particular why it's so important to provide culturally informed housing, supportive housing for Indigenous peoples? For sure. And thank you for having me here today. Very, very glad to be a part of this conversation. Um, I, I, j just on a quick glance, looking at the at the homelessness of, of the Indigenous population, you know, it's around 35% across the board, you know, ranging from decants to uh, uh, general Vancouver homelessness counts. Uh, there's a significant need for uh, Indigenous housing and, and in this, this particular uh, conversation, supportive housing. Um, and it's one thing to just put a roof over an individual's head and call it done, you know, all right, we provided staff and, and there's your roof and, and here's your one meal a day. It's another thing to provide the uh, Indigenous cultural teachings, which Luma has brought to its supportive portfolio at current. Um, the importance of, of culture uh, uh, within, within, um, um, and, and my apologies, I got to, I just, just had a moment here. I, I I'm going to be referring to myself. I'm, I'm Indigenous, so I'm going to be referring to that and I just, Anyways, my name is Kevin Eaton. I'm Neutral News from the Housing Nation. <laughs> um, the importance of culture, uh, specifically in my experience, in my own personal walk, I've, I, 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 for the vast bulk of my life, uh, 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 my connection to culture has been non-existent for a barrage of reasons. But the biggest colonialism, you know, it's, it's, it's provided a huge web or web, a huge wedge, a huge wedge in between uh, uh, myself and my and my history. Um, and with that specific piece in mind, providing an individual, an indigenous individual, a roof and a meal and saying, here you go, have at her, you know, there's huge pieces missing from that huge pieces. And the biggest, and I feel it on a day-to-day -day basis is the cultural component. Um, so introducing cultural teachings into our supportive programming has been paramount and huge. Um, and, and, and it still continues to roll out and, and evolve. Um, but what we find is folks connecting with, uh, our elders that are on site, for a variety of teachings, including talking circles, uh, leading up to healing circles in, in the event of maintaining uh, an individual's housing is, is, is a big piece that we, we brought into our specific housing rollout, supportive housing rollout, um, affording that cultural piece. It takes a community in order to, to, to nurture individuals within that community, right? So not having that, that one finger wagging at an individual, but having the community as a whole come in and sit and discuss as a whole. Uh, uh, the situations or issues. It, it, it's big. It's big, it's big, it's big. And it's its definitely starting to be felt within uh, uh, our current supportive housing sites. And, and we hope to continue to roll out these cultural teachings 
um, for the benefit of all of the Indigenous that we serve today. This is a great point to bring you into the conversation, Rory, uh, because, of course, the program that you run um, works directly with Luma and um, with Indigenous people in the downtown east side. Can you tell us a little bit more about the mobile outreach program, how it's run and the people that you work with? Sure. Um, And thank you for having me. Um, The mobile outreach program operates out of a van that has been outfitted as a mobile clinic, um, which is sponsored by the TELUS Health for Good program. Um, And three to four days a week, we are on the road doing a combination of drop-in clinics at community partner sites, uh, as well as targeted follow-up with specific individuals in their homes. Um, We provide a combination of primary care, Uh, with a team of um, primarily nurse practitioner and outreach workers, but also uh, registered nurses and physicians. Um, And we also uh, provide cultural wellness outreach with elders and knowledge keepers. Um, So the folks that we work with are um, people who have been maybe underserved by traditional or conventional services and will benefit from low barrier outreach. Um, They could be people who are homeless or are precariously housed. Uh, Maybe they are newly housed and beginning to address some health issues. Um, They might be folks who have trouble keeping track of appointments or people who might have mistrust in the system. Um, Maybe they've experienced stigma or racism when trying to access care um, or have had negative encounters when interacting with service providers. So, We try to be as sort of low barrier as possible. And while we aim to support the urban indigenous population um, in Vancouver and the downtown east side specifically, we will see anyone who wants to be seen during our drop-in clinics. What an innovative program. And uh, Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about how this program is working and and benefiting some of the people that live in uh, Luma housing here in Vancouver? For sure. And that's, that's a really, really, really good question. So the first and biggest piece that I can see as far as impact and how it's positively impacting the folks we serve is the removal of barriers, um, having in-reached uh, uh, services, specifically health services provided by an Indigenous uh, healthcare provider, uh, it, it's removed a large chunk of the barriers for our folks in accessing uh, health services. So it, there's there's a bunch of uh, specific examples I could I could I could cite off the top of my head. You know, folks that haven't connected with health or or any 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 sort of medical path or process in varying states of of of, of need of of health and health supports. You know, actually getting the the care that they need. Um, uh, further building trust. You know building trust in in, in a, a very shaky relationship between Indigenous and healthcare providers, right? So starting the path and process of rebuilding that trust. Uh, and, and, and thank you. Thank you, Rory and your team so much for all that you do for our people, because that trust is definitely uh, beginning to, to, to be born again, right? Uh, and folks are, are getting the much needed healthcare that they need. So, I mean, this is a really innovative program and we need to recognize that this is a, this mobile outreach program has been rolled out in the middle of multiple intersecting health crises here in Vancouver, including poison drug crisis and the COVID-19 pandemic. Rory, can you tell us a little bit about what you've learned about why it's so important to bring culturally informed healthcare supports to people where they are at? Well, I think that having cultural connection as part of the care model uh, approaching uh, healthcare from a more holistic uh, perspective is really essential. 
um, just thinking about how to create access and attachment to care in more innovative ways. Um, oftentimes, uh, we'll be working, our nurse practitioner will be seeing someone and through a conversation that they have, uh, we'll learn that they want to connect to cultural services and then we'll be able to connect that person to an elder. And uh, likewise, sometimes an elder will be visiting with someone and they will open up about needing to access healthcare. So it can be a real bridging relationship to connect people, to build trust um, is so important. Um, having a more, you know, we, we need system transformation in many ways. And if we are to respond to um, the TRC uh, by decolonizing healthcare, we need to be doing it in, in different ways. Um, and in meeting people where they're at, uh, isn't just uh, a metaphor, but it can be literal as well. Um, adapting healthcare to contexts where people feel comfortable and safe, I think is really essential. Thank you for that. And I think, Will, this would be a good time to bring you in really just to talk a little bit about the provincial perspective, because we've been talking about this great program that's in, in Vancouver, but of course, BC Housing serves the entire province. Um, what do you think we can learn about what's happening in Vancouver and in particular in the downtown east side? And, and how can we bring those learnings to other communities in the province or, you know, even other communities across Canada or around the world? I, I think there's very important lessons that we could uh, get from this. And also, you know, sort of that observing on how, uh, you know, groups like this, uh, where we're taking healthcare uh, directly to folks, I know there there, there was a really um, big response with uh, the most recent encampment over at Strathcona, where Kalila Lalem went to the to the park and and met people there, and uh, you know they were part of you know that planning and sort of that community of caring in terms of understanding people's needs and um, and then getting them into the right supports. So I think, you know, the lessons that we could really find is, uh, you know, let's work with uh, uh, cultural uh, uh, Indigenous groups to, to, to make those connections. And, and really, it's, it's those human connections that I think is key. And, and we kind of lose sight of that when, you know, when we're dealing with, you know, various stakeholders, various groups, various, um, you know, priorities out there. When we try to, you know, really get to the crux of it, of, of, of developing those relationships where that healing can start, I think that that really is, is a big lesson. And really taking our cues from, uh, you know, the ind Indigenous communities, because really that's where the, um, the knowledge is and the expertise um, and, and really listening and, and taking to account as to how can we do this uh, uh, on a more sort of relational um, and interconnected way. Thank you. We've had a really uplifting and powerful conversation here today. I'd like to thank Will Valenciano, Kevin Eaton, and Marie Mark for joining us on Let's Talk Housing. Let's talk again soon. To learn how to apply for subsidized housing in British Columbia, visit our website, bchousing.org. You can also call us at 1-800-257-7756. That's 1-800-257-7756.